How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Dead Jester Productions podcast, episode number 212. I'm your host, Josh, or Jay Moskers. This is another rare solo episode. Uh, we had some technical issues over a span of a couple of days uh, on top of some scheduling challenges. So unfortunately, it just didn't work out. Uh, I actually had some technical issues recording this episode even. Hopefully, this is the version that gets to go live. Uh, this is my third recording of this one. Uh, it's, yeah, it's been a, it's been a pain. Um, that being said, I always talk about Zencaster. He's one of our sponsors. It has nothing to do with Zencaster. I'm just doing a local recording today since it's just me. And my computer's just been uh, imploding, seemingly. So that's been fun to work with. Normally on these episodes, I just vent about uh, family issues or things of that nature, things I have going on in my life, upcoming projects. I don't really have anything like that to talk about this week. I was just going to take this as an opportunity to talk about my experiences with self-employment, you know, following things you're passionate about and taking risks in self-employment or freelance work, things of that nature. Uh, It's stuff I've touched on a lot, I feel like, at least uh, in the, you know, all the other episodes with guests on and things like that. But it's always relating it back to the guest and, you know, it, I've never really fleshed out my actual experiences with self-employment. You know, I've touched on it, like I said, but I've never sat down and really talked people through, you know, what it is I do, uh, how I've gone about doing it, how I've gotten to this point. Uh, and so I, I thought I would take the time to kind of explain it to people because it's one of the questions I get asked a lot, either during the recordings of the episodes or after, before, whatever. Um, and a lot of the times I'm, I'm asked by people I work with, um, you know, whether it be content creators, small businesses, you know, they ask me how I've ended up in my position, which is totally normal, but I can see why people would wonder. So those are a couple of things I wanted to touch on. I figured, uh, it might be helpful to some people. I have no idea, but I wanted to at least get the information out there because um, I guess this is kind of how we started. I mean, it's it can be nerve-wracking, you know, trying to become self-employed. And I'm not even fully self-employed yet, mind you. Uh, I, I work a full-time job on top of all of my freelance work. And, uh, yeah, it's... I feel like uh, growing up, at least in my experience, a lot of times you'll hear, like, you know, just go for it, you know. You, you know, you'll regret it if you don't try. And I do think that's accurate. I, I you know, it's part of why I've made some of the decisions I've made is I don't want to just sit there and play it safe and miss out on opportunities. Um, at the same time, you don't want to take unnecessary risks. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of the points in my life, I feel like, uh, that I regret are me having opportunities appear before me and not necessarily capitalizing on them because I'm worried about, you know, risks involved, you know, usually financially, right? Um, and looking back and thinking, uh, maybe I should have, you know, put myself in harm's way, so to speak, a little bit more just to see what kind of experience I can gain from that. Um, but yeah, it's I feel like that's a huge roadblock for a lot of people is, you know, they're complacent, comfortable in life. And they don't want to put that in jeopardy, taking a risk on, even if it's not self-employment, just taking another job, 
right? You know, the the, the full-time job I work now, uh, I took a big pay cut to go work there, but I thought it would provide me with, uh, you know, the experience and knowledge that would allow me to further my self-employment uh, career. And to an extent it has, you know, I, you know, my background was in, in advertising sales and that, you know, included me just traveling around, uh, talking to business owners. And I had, I had no, I guess I'll dive into this first. I had zero experience in sales. I worked in like purchasing, you know, uh, for a university. I, you know, purchased materials and things like that, organized it, inventoried it. And, you know, I'd, I'd done that. I'd done retail, you know, your traditional fresh out of high school in the college style jobs. And then I, I was just miserable and I wanted something else. And I, <laughs> I guess I'll word it this way. I fell for the old adage of sales is the highest paying career, which is uh, one half of the same coin uh, as sales is also the lowest paying career. Uh, I mean, obvi- obviously sales is, in general is based around commission. So you get paid a portion of what you sell. And uh, I was like, oh, I can, I can make good money doing this. And so that's what I, uh, I tried to do. I went uh, into an advertising sales position and I traveled around, met with small business owners and tried to sell them print advertising space. So like newspapers, uh, magazines, so on and so forth. Like the TV guide set, not literally TV guide, but in local newspapers, they have their version of the TV guide and we'd sell like advertising space in there. And then on top of that, we'd also, I'd also sell digital advertising. So Google ads, ads on specific websites, so on and so forth and, uh, social media, you know? And so it was a totally different experience than I was used to. Uh, I, uh, I applied for the digital marketing manager, uh, and it was advertised as managing social media accounts and Google ads. And I applied for that, had a nice interview and they told me they'd give me a call if interested, the usual. And they called me back sometime later. I can't remember. It's been so long. And they said, Hey, we're interested in bringing you on to the team. I was like, cool. Yeah, I'm totally down for it. And, uh, I, I get there and they said, all right, this is this, you know, this will be your desk. This person you're going to take over for them. And I was like, Oh, okay. And, uh, over the course of like a day or so, I came to realize that they'd hired me for a completely different position, which was just advertising sales in general, not with the focus of digital advertising. And I asked them about it and they said, well, we decided to hire internally, but we still wanted to give you a, a job. So I said, all right, whatever. I'll, you know, I have an opportunity to make some good money here. Let's give it a shot. And uh, so what I ended up doing then was, was doing that for five years, I want to say, something like that. And it was tough, you know, I had no sales experience. So my first week I was out on the road with the manager, just watching him work and just kind of like picking up information. And then my second week there, they said, all right, go for it. And so I drove around and you you get like a territory you have a specific area that you work in. And I drove around, I'd go to a town park in whatever free parking area I could because I did not want to carry rolls of quarters with me to pay for parking meters. And I would just walk down the block, you know, and go into every single store I could introduce myself. My first, the first time I went in every store, I would just introduce myself, 
Uh, I'd give them my business card and be like, hey, this is what I do. I'm just here to introduce myself. I'm not trying to sell you anything today. If you have any questions, let me know. I'll be back. And, you know, that was it. And I would just go door to door, every single business, introducing myself. And then I'd go to the next town and then the next town. And it was exhausting, for one. I started in the winter. <laughs> I started in November, which I guess technically isn't the winter, but it was cold and it sucked just being out in the cold. <laughs> all day every day and uh yeah the next like over the next couple of weeks i went back to those same places same businesses and you know met with the owners again i said hey how about five minutes we'll just sit down and i'll just explain you know the details of what i do and just kind of ease them into it and use that as a you know a leaping point where i would i would say hey this is what i do you know does your business have any like issues you're trying to overcome right now and that sort of thing and uh i won't bore you with the details but essentially it's just slowly working those people into having more in-depth conversations, getting to know them and trying to build up that repertoire with all of these business owners to get them interested in advertising. And it's, it's odd. Like it's, when you think of sales, a lot of people immediately think of car salesmen, right? It's the main one most people think of. And it's, I've never worked in car sales. Kloss, who's on the show here a lot, I think he has worked in, in car sales and it's wildly different. You know, people are, you will actively go to purchase a vehicle, right? You're not having to sell people on, on a, a vehicle necessarily. I mean, obviously they, they advertise and stuff, but it's a, a commodity that people are actively seeking out, right? And, you know, every, there's always going to be a time in a market for people trying to purchase cars. Most people, most business owners are not actively seeking out ad agencies saying, I need to advertise in this. I need to, you know, run an ad in this newspaper or on this magazine or on this website. It's just, it doesn't happen. So you're actively hunting down uh, potential clients. And so it's weird because I, my mindset at the time was I'm, I feel bad because I'm like harassing people. I wasn't really, but that's what it felt like to me was because I'm like inter- interrupting their day to try then sell them a product that they weren't interested in. And I'm having to convince them that they're interested in advertising with me. And it was a really weird mindset that I had to have where I had to justify doing it for one and justify them needing it as a product. But I also grappled with, all right, well, this is my job. I have to sell ads. How do I make it so I'm not cheating them out of their money, right? Because with advertising, nothing is guaranteed. If you go to a car dealership and they try and sell you a car, at the end of the day, you're getting a car. You just are. That's how it is. Where with advertising, it's, hey, I can put you in front of this many people. I can't guarantee you a single sale. I can't guarantee this will benefit you in any way whatsoever other than being in front of potential customers. There's, It's difficult to sell somebody something when it's not tangible in any way. And so that was a real struggle for me as well. And over time, I just, one, I got used to talking to people. It's a a difficult skill set to learn. You know, some people, they'll they'll refer to it as the gift of gab. Some people are very good at just talking to people. And I can have conversations uh, with people generally pretty well, especially if we have something like in common that we're interested in. But it's very different to sell somebody on something, right? Like it's easy to, for me, in my opinion, it's easier for me to sit down and just chat with somebody about whatever and get to know them. I'm, I'm, 
I like to think I'm good at listening to people, but it's very different to then interrupt them and be like, oh, well, this is how this can help you. You should buy this and just really try and push them in a sync, like a specific direction that you want the conversation to go and make it happen in a way that convinces them of something, which is to purchase the, the product. So it was a really weird skill set to have to pick up and learn. And as, as an experience overall, it was, it was super interesting. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I just didn't enjoy it. I don't like working in sales because it just, I feel guilty. I don't like feeling like I'm tricking people or convincing people to do something. And uh, I think there's a difference in consulting with people, which is what I do now more, and explaining to them how something works and recommending things because I'm not saying, hey, like maybe you should do this. Like this, you know, it doesn't benefit me. I'm just there in a purely consultative role where it's like, hey, this is what I would recommend. You can do whatever. Um, But it doesn't benefit me because at the end of the day, I'm not making money off of them running ads. I'm just, you know, I charge people to, for my time by the hour to, you know, help them work, walk them through it. But in sales, it's, I'm literally trying to convince them to purchase a product because it directly makes me money. So it was, it was a weird experience. Like I said, I did it for like four and a half, five years and I got better at it over time and I did make a good amount of money. Uh, you know, I was, I was happy with how much I was making, that's for sure. Um, but after a while it, money can only get you for me at least it can only get me so far in the sense of like happiness where I was making good money but I was just miserable one because I just didn't like I said I didn't enjoy convincing people to purchase something I didn't like the sales I don't like sales and then on top of that it was the same thing day in and day out just rinse and repeat I'd go into work I'd sit at my desk open my folder up and look at like all right who am I supposed to contact today what's what's on the agenda all right and go out and do that have the same sort of sales pitch every single time, just a lot of follow-ups and follow-throughs. And it was very repetitive and seemingly redundant at times. And I just didn't enjoy it. And I was at that point where, okay, I don't like doing this, but I don't want to lose out on the opportunity to make money here. And uh, out of seemingly nowhere, a company, company I currently work for, reached out to me saying, hey, you interested in working for us? And uh, I was like, no, I'm happy to work with you, whatever. And uh, they, you know, I got in a call with a couple of different phone calls with them, stopped in to meet them in person. And uh, they came back and said, all right, this is our offer. This is how much we'll pay you and this and that. And it really set me into like a panic almost because I was really interested in, in working with them. It was very different. It wasn't sales. It was, it's more, it was more, uh, you know, hands-on, hey, here's, you know, actually managing a single company completely, their entire advertising, their all their marketing, social media, whatnot, and really getting to create content because I get to do a lot of photos, videos, things like that for a couple different companies now through them. And I like that hands-on creativity side of things, but the pay was not even remotely close to what I had been making. And so I was sitting here in my office at home where I'm recording this now, like just upset. Like, do I do this? Like, I think I'd enjoy it a lot more, but my God, it's like, it's going to be a struggle, you know? 
And so I, I was really worried. And I feel like the older version of me would have just been like, no, thank you. I need to, I need to just stay here and, and make my money and be comfortable. I would have been miserable the entire time, but I would have made more money. And I think that's an issue that a lot of people run into is not wanting to take the risk of losing out on money in order to potentially be happier. You know, I mean, it's not guaranteed for sure, but it, and I, I totally get it. Like I said, it's, it's, it's a weird predicament because you don't want to put yourself at risk financially and be like, all right, well now what do I do? I'm stuck. Especially if it doesn't work out and you hate it. You're like, all right, I've, I'm just as miserable, if not more so now making less money. Right. It, it's a, it's a, it's a conundrum. But in the end I thought, you know what? I, I haven't done anything like this before. You know, I've always played it safe. Just, just go for it. And I did. I, I was like, sure, let's do this. And, uh, I, I was going to say, I put in my two week notice at my, my old job. Uh, but I didn't, my manager was out on vacation. So they came back and I was like, Hey, I'm leaving at the end of the week. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, it was interesting, but I was like, let's just go for it. Started and I've been there, uh, just about a year now. And it's, uh, it's been interesting. It's definitely not been what I expected, but I have been able to gain a lot of, of experience and education in a lot of different areas that I didn't expect at all. Um, working with a couple of different small businesses to build them from the ground up essentially presents you with a lot of opportunities to encounter problems that you wouldn't have expected. Like one of them was how do we gather, uh, how, how do we go about contacting potential clients at a much larger scale? Right. Cause you can have people like if you're think of your, like a, a small, like clothing shop, right little boutique you have we'll just dumb it down let's say you sell t-shirts you might have a little pop-up on your website that says hey you know give us your email and you get 10 percent off your next shirt right easy straightforward almost everyone does something similar to that and not everyone will sign up for that because a lot of people just happen to pop by your website they see what you got and they're not interested so they don't give you your email um so you know plus you have to have people coming directly to your website in order to get that to happen so one of the issues we ran into is how do we get in front of a larger audience? How do we sell our product outside of people coming directly to our website or seeing an ad that's somehow managed to become targeted to them and pop up on their, their you know, Google or Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And uh, so one of the things we did was we found a way to uh, get contact information from people willingly because one of the, my major things is I don't like, and it goes back to my sales. I don't like badgering people and I don't like feeling like I'm forcing people into a conversation they don't want to have. And so one of the ways we did that was finding a way to like, all right, here are people who have agreed to be contacted for uh, marketing and uh, it's relevant to your field, your industry. And so we're like, cool, this works out well. So we, we did that. We got all these contacts put together. It was an, I'm going to, I hate saying this because this is something I've harped on, on the podcast a number of times. We used a, like an AI program essentially where it gathers all the information and parses it out specifically. Uh, cause I'm assuming they have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of contact points with, uh, people, but 
yeah, it, it gave us the information we needed. We were able to get a lot of these cold calls put together, which is just reaching out to people in advance, getting them in front of a salesperson or whatever, salesperson, whoever they need to be in touch with. Usually it's a sales guy, but sometimes it's with a manager or whatever. And uh, just really streamlining the process. We went from him making about 20 calls a day, uh, calls being actual phone calls, maybe a couple of emails thrown in, to, hey, we sent out uh, 200 automated emails to these people and they can reply. And if not, they don't get bothered again. But it really streamlined the process because then now he has, you know, 55, 60 of them coming back every day now. As, and that's just emails, right? So it, we've quadrupled our output and our scheduling and it's taken us like an hour or two a day now to do that. It frees up so much extra time. So it's it's been fascinating, but that's a problem I never would have thought to have found a solution for. And so that was an experience that allowed me to research that specific field of like outreach and cold calls and that style of thing which I had experience cold calling in sales, but it was different because I'm literally just picking up the phone, calling the businesses in my area and not narrowing it down by industry or anything like that. This was targeting a specific audience and making relevant calls to them and speeding up the process. So it was, it was interesting. One of the other things I've had to, to deal with is web development, which I have some experience building websites, but nothing like coding wise or anything really high end or, you know, super detailed. And one of the things I've had to do is learn HTML and, and some little bits and snippets of coding and how to build specific portions of websites. And it sucks. I fucking hate it. (laughs) Absolutely hate it, but it's a useful skill to have. Um, you know, a lot of upfront, like a lot of the experience I have with building websites is like through Squarespace or Wix things of that nature. And when I'm working with people uh, outside of my full-time job, usually I'm directing them to Squarespace. One, because they sponsored me previously, but also because it's the one I have the most experience with. It's super easy to use and super convenient. And it's all built in. I have a lot of experience with Shopify, which is great for e-commerce. If you're selling products online, it's, uh, it's very straightforward and relatively easy to use. Um, but it has a lot of limitations because of that. You can only streamline something so much before it becomes limited in what you can do with it at a beginner's level, so to speak. And uh, yeah, it's a lot. Most, uh, I can only say from my own personal experience, most of the people I've worked with that have e-commerce go through Shopify to build their own websites. Obviously people use Etsy and, you know, like Amazon, whatever, like, actual platforms like that, eBay, Walmart. Um, but to build their own website based around e-commerce, Shopify is really the way to go. And so I've learned a lot about just working in the e-commerce space and building out websites based around that, as opposed to like our own digester production style live, you know, that's just a standard website. Like it, it's built around content, not products. And so it's a, it's a different monster to, to wrangle in. And so that that's a different experience of learning the ins and outs of like the shipping of freight and uh, larger products and hand deliveries and white glove delivery, which is different. Like norm, we used to have people 
like employees hand deliver products and uh, we've gotten away from that because now you can do white delivery like glove delivery which is what we're trying to do and uh, you basically pay an outside company to come pick up the product they take it to the client's house install it for them and you don't have to worry about it once it's out of your warehouse or whatever and that's uh, something I had zero experience with and uh, yeah so it's just a lot of experiences like that but then like I said figuring out a lot of you know, coming up with solutions to problems you never would have thought of, you know, obviously growing your social media platforms, uh, getting traffic to your website are huge. So those are, those are problems that you expect to run into. And then in the process of solving those problems, you encounter new problems that you didn't expect. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It's frustrating at times because it's, you want things to run smoothly and it just doesn't work out that way. Um, especially when you're working at a very high level as far as like the management side of things. I'm not a manager, but you know, just when you have your, your fingers in every single pot, it's a lot. And you really see just how much work and effort is required to run a business and maintain everything and run it smoothly and make sure all the employees are are still getting paid. So it's, it's been a real experience. Um, I'm, I'm happy I did it. That being said, self-employment has always been the the end goal, which is kind of we're going full circle here up to what I really wanted to talk about. Um, and that is taking the risk to just become fully self-employed. As I sit here, sipping on my tea like a like a douchey California piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I got my homemade my homemade fresh brewed tea, only the finest in my home office. So I'm in software development. That's what I'll, uh, that's what I think of when I think douchey uh, California person is a software developer that sits at home in their inc- like 60 square foot apartment that they spend $200,000 a year on renting and uh, talking about drinking their herbal tea. And meanwhile, their life is miserable because they can't afford anything. It's un- overwhelmingly hot because they're cramped in their shitty tiny little apartment. Oh man, but yeah, uh, becoming fully self-employed is obviously the end goal. I, I mean, I think most people would say, "Oh yeah, I'd love to not have to work for somebody else." Right? You don't want to have to take orders and be told what to do. And I'm very happy that I've been able to take a lot of steps towards that to the point where I'm just about fully self-employed. Um, because yeah, like I said, I, I've I've worked in every style so to speak of uh of job where it's like hey i'm a fucking bus boy i'm a dishwasher at a, at a fucking uh tex-mex restaurant that fucking sucked by the way i shout out to all of the uh dishwashers out there that listen to the show both of you <laughs> i dude i get it. it it sucks you get there no matter what you're you're you spray off the dishes right you clean them up run them through the washer and just the the spray, like spraying the water on them, creates this like mist in the air, and it just clings to everything. So you go home, and you smell like shit. You're like kind of sticky. You get a shower, you come out, you still feel like you're fucking dirty. It sucks. It just absolutely sucks. So I have a lot of respect for people that do that day in and day out. Um, but yeah, like I've worked in you know that side of things. Worked in like grocery store, you know, crappy little retail position working at a university which was nicer it was a bit 
like more upscale, I guess you could say. I had I didn't have an office, but I had like my own desk, like managing everything uh, that I was in charge of, and then working in ad sales, which was hey, this is you know, go out and do this. You're in charge of yourself to an extent. We still have deadlines you have to hit. We have specific you know goals you need to target and benchmarks, but you're kind of on your own. Um, to now where it's like, hey, we need your input on this and I'm working with the owners as opposed to for them, sort of. And uh, so I'm like one step away from self-employment and I'm right in the cusp of, of making that jump. And yeah, it's nobody nobody likes to be the dishwasher, right? Where it's like, not that you're treated like shit necessarily, but it's like, hey, here's the dishes, get these done. We need these out of here right now. We've got more people coming in, right? And you're just kind of being rushed around and it just it just sucks just absolutely sucks and then you know working set hours you never know what your schedule is going to be maybe um, or even having set hours in general you're like oh man i wish i could take a break but i can't right now i wish i could go on vacation but i can't afford to and i'm not allowed to because i don't have any more vacation time you know just there's always something getting in the way and you know so it's just that or like especially in a, in a job that you hate where your boss is like, Hey, why aren't you getting this done? They're just talking down to you, which is still, I don't experience it myself, but I see it with people I work with and having been in that position to not being in it now, I, I, I hate it so much now. Like I, I didn't like it back then. Don't get me wrong. Like it's, I, I've never, I never think it's a good thing, but just it, it's so much worse having been in it and not, having to deal with it anymore because it's like from the outside looking in it's so much easier to see like how condescending and shitty it is because it's you know i can look at it and be like well you know if you treat people better they'll work harder and they'll be more respectful towards you and your business right people more like are people more inclined to work harder for you if they know that their work is appreciated you're doing everything you can to take care of them you know it's just i don't know why more business businesses in general i guess do that it, it sucks especially once you get to a certain size as a business it seems all right fuck them well they're replaceable you know and it, it's just absolutely sucks uh i that being said i don't i don't see it like that every day it's just i the what i see sometimes is all right have the guys do this right and it's just warm bodies instead of people right and that kind of rubs me the wrong way. But obviously then self-employment, you know, it's all on you. All the risks are on you. If you if you have things that need done, you have to get it done. There's no excuses to be made, right? Um, there's no one there to back you up, generally speaking. Uh, there's no one there to tell you, hey, this needs done. Remind you, like, hey, this is what we should do. Feedback, whatever. It's It's on you. Um, if you want to take a vacation, make sure you don't have anything that needs done because it's, you can't just push it aside and hope that someone else takes care of it. But it, at the end of the day, you don't have to deal with somebody else breathing down your neck. Hey, I need this done. Hey, this, you know, I need you to do this. You just don't have that. Um, it is what it is. I mean, some granted, some people don't want to be self-employed for sure. There are definitely plenty of people that are like, no, I'd rather have a regimented work you know, work schedule nine to five every day, which is non-existent anymore in my mind. I don't, I've, I don't know if I've ever met anyone that works nine to five. It's always eight to five. If, if they're lucky, if they work as like a 
set shift. Uh, yeah, no more paid lunches. No more, uh, yeah, no more retirement pensions. It's, you know, 401k where you pay for your own retirement because fuck you, we're not. But yeah, it's, it's like I said, it, self-employment is can be terrifying, especially if you're just taking a risk just to try and get out of the shadow of somebody else. Um, it's sort of why I've been taking this slow, slow burn approach to it of picking up as many tools and areas of expertise that I can and experiences so that when I am fully self-employed, I have all of that knowledge to fall back on. And, uh, it's, it's frustrating because obviously I'd like it to happen quicker. Um, but at the same time, I want to make sure I'm like solidified in my position to be able to do it. Part of it is the financial side of things, right? You know, you, I know we keep coming back to this, but I don't want to put myself in a position where, Hey, I'm fully self-employed. Oh shit. I didn't have nearly as many clients as I expected. Now I'm really short strapped on cash and, you know, have to pay taxes the next, well, I paid my taxes for this year, but you know, thinking at the end of the year, December rolls around, I'm like, oh, I got to pay my taxes. A lot fewer clients than I expected. This sucks. And, uh, yeah, obviously you want to, one of the, I don't remember where I heard it at this point. It's been so long since I've heard it, but one of the things I heard that I remember is don't take the leap to self-employment until your self-employment side hustle makes as much money as your real job. And that stuck with me because I was like, that makes sense, right? I, and it's not always, that's not always going to be the case for sure. If you see like, oh, this is really blowing up. If I put a couple more hours a week into this, it's definitely going to, uh, you know, explode and just really take off. Sure. But in my case, it's obviously a, a long, slow hustle. Um, so I putting more hours in will, yeah, make me more money in that, but it kind of evens itself out from, from my other job. Um, but I, I totally get that because this is kind of going off the rails here a little bit. But like if you look at people on Twitch, for example, Twitch streamers, I've seen people quit their jobs thinking they're going to be a next, the next big Twitch streamer and they fall flat on their face because they have no idea what they're doing. They don't know how to be an entertainer. They don't know how to market themselves. Uh, you know, it just, it doesn't work out because they don't have any of the skills needed to succeed in that. And then they sit there, you know, miserable because their life has fallen apart around them because they risked it all for something that they didn't fully grasp. And, uh, that's one of the main things I've tried to avoid. And so particularly in my case, you know, buying a house and like moving and buying another house and then, uh, getting married, planning a wedding and all this. And it's just, it's expensive. I'd rather not take a huge financial risk in the middle of all these financial commitments. It, that seems like a stupid thing to do. So yeah, I've been playing it safe in that regard while still slowly working towards it. Uh, I know Klaus, uh, again, frequent guest of the show, essentially part-time co-host, continuously asks me every time I chat with him throughout the week, hey, uh, did you put in your two-week notice yet? Did you do this? I'm like, not quite. I really want to, but not quite. We're, we're so close. We're so close. Uh, it's going to happen this year. Assuming nothing uh, huge comes up, it should happen this year. So I'm happy about that. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a, it's definitely a risk. I would, 
I would at least say this. Don't don't make the jump to self-employment unless you actually have solid ground to land on. Right. It if you're miserable at your job and you think, hmm, maybe I'll go into the t-shirt business. Don't quit your job and then start working on building a t-shirt business because it's just not going to work out. Unless you have like a really strong financial backing, then in that case, maybe go for it. But you can't quit your job and then start something. You have to be doing it simultaneously. And uh, I think that's where people get burnt out a lot, where, you know, in my case, working like 80, 85 hours a week, it's exhausting on top of being like a part-time caregiver for family. It's, it is very exhausting. Um, Grant, luckily that's, or unlucky, I suppose it's hard to say. Um, you know, that's been more of a, you know, less so the last while, but it's still a, still a thing. And, um, yeah, it's just balancing your work life relationship. I'm, I'm fortunate in that I'm with somebody that understands what it is I do and appreciates like that. I'm trying to put in the work to make something for myself and for us. And, uh, I think it's important to find someone like that if you can. These shows are a lot harder when it's just me. I got to say my throat gets so dry. It doesn't help that I'm spilling my tea all over myself. It's all over me. It's all over the chair, my squeaky fucking office chair. Oh my God. What a mess. <clears throat> God, yeah, my th- this is killing me. I, I have not done a solo show in quite a while. Man, my throat is dry as a bone now. But yeah, it's... I guess I'll get to the... I'll, I'll start wrapping the show up here. It was gonna be a, I knew it was going to be a shorter episode because I'm short on time, but uh, I guess some takeaways if you skimmed to the end would... Uh, oh, my stepped in it. Oh, man, it's on the floor. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> anyway, some some takeaways for the, the episode, I guess, are find something that you, you're passionate about and figure out how to turn that into a career if you can and then work towards making that your career. And if you're interested in self-employment in that field, go for it. If not, don't worry about it. But slowly work towards that as a hobby on the side while maintaining your your real job so to speak and build that up as a side hustle one you'll be happy because you'll have all the extra income which is great um but then at the same time it's you have that fallback option as well if things don't go the way you want them to you know yeah it sucks but at least you still have your your full-time position or your real job so to speak then you can fall back on knowing hey at least my life hasn't been completely upended by, you know, my hobby not working out, right? Um, that don't be afraid to take the risk if it seems reasonable, right? Like, there are definitely, like I said at the beginning of the show, there are times where I didn't take risks and I think I should have. There were also plenty of times where there I could have taken a risk and I, looking back, I know it wouldn't have worked out. There... <laughs> There are a lot of instances where Klaus will reach out to me to invest in uh, housing (laughs) and apartment buildings and things like that, which I don't think are great investments for me. (laughs) Uh, I I don't, (laughs) 
I don't think it's wise for me to invest in some of these uh, schemes, shall we call them? But uh, yeah, it, it invest your risks smartly, I guess is how I could frame it. Um, mitigate risks, another good way of explaining it. But yeah, just be smart about when you take risks. But at the end of the day, don't be afraid to, to take a risk every once in a while. Otherwise, you're just going to be pigeonholed into what you're doing. So, yeah. I thought I could make it through the episode without pausing. Could not. Ugh. Anyway. The, uh, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Um, like I said, just... I wanted to give a background of where I'm coming from. I feel like I've never really fully explained my background. What it is I, I do. I still I guess I still didn't really fully explain what I do necessarily, but another time. But yeah, just I work with so many people now in my freelance self-employment side of things where it's small content creators, small businesses, where these are people looking to become self-employed who do have an area of expertise or interest where, you know, I'll, I'll make something like a, you know, a fitness YouTuber. I've not worked with a fitness YouTuber, but I'll use that as an example where this, this way I don't have to feel bad if I say something mean, but they'll, they'll say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm a personal trainer, but I'm looking to just become a fitness YouTuber to help pass on, you know, information, maybe on the side, like they'll have a website that has tips and things like that. And you can schedule, you know, virtual appointments with them, something maybe in that regard. And you know, it, it, that's a case where, you know, I would say, hey, this is this could be a, a good avenue. You know, it's the only complication is if you go on YouTube, you're going to be able to find out anything you want to know. Right. So how do you stand out? And that's where, you know, being able to do research comes into play. You know, I, I never try and discourage people from going for it because uh, that's it, not my place. And I don't think that's fair. I think it's pretty fucking cruel. Um, somebody somebody has to succeed in any market, right? And even if uh, there's people already doing something, there are definitely ways you could do it better. Uh, with fitness, I, I know nothing about... Wait, I'm, I do my workouts. I try and get in, in decent shape now. Doesn't mean I know anything at all about what I'm talking about when it comes to fitness. <laughs> but like I would say, like, all right, let's look at the most popular fitness channels. What are they doing well? Why, why are they bringing in viewers? Uh, what could they be doing better as far as information wise that you might bring to the table? You know, how, you know, maybe you're more personable. You're able to work with people more efficiently and effectively, you know, things like that. And just working with people to build them up as an individual, as a brand business, whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I really enjoy working with people, meeting new people and talking to people. And that's why I've been driving towards this self-employment side of things, because I'd like to be able to do that full time. Uh, I don't have to work for anybody. I get to work with people, which is way better in my opinion. And it is, there's something so, so satisfying about seeing other people be successful, right? Uh, we have the amazing Pat Pat. He's been on the show a couple of times, YouTuber, usually like video game content. And he had a video, a Skyrim video, blow up hundreds of thousands of views. 
and that was so cool to see. I had no, I had no part in that whatsoever, mind you. Um, but that it was just, it was so cool to see him and watch his reaction to it and get excited. And I was so happy about that. That was, it was amazing. Having talked to him a few months before, I, I forget how long it was beforehand I talked to him, and then I had him back on the show right, right after the release of that video. And uh, just watching that success come pouring in was was astounding. Um, and I, like I said, that's just that's the that's the payoff for me. Obviously, I, I get paid to to do what I do, but that's like that that's what helps keeps me from being discouraged and being frustrated and like. That's what helps me enjoy it. Um, and uh, so that's, yeah, that's why I do what I do. And I hope people, if you're listening to this or just anyone out there that you know of, maybe share it with them, is find something you thoroughly enjoy. Like find find out what makes you happy and figure out how to implement that into your, your career. Uh, I know that seems stupid and that's the thing that everyone has said for decades, but I feel like it's never articulated well and I don't think I'm very good at articulating it either but it finding out how to make it into a career doing it smartly and taking the risk of doing so i think is a valuable experience even if you fail having that fallback on your actual job is is valuable as well but anyway that's what i wanted to share today it's a weird episode i get it i hope it helps somebody you know even one person hopefully Uh, if you have questions reach out josh at deadjesterproductions.live go to deadjesterproductions.live uh, you can contact us through there find out some more information uh, I'm going to try and update the website here soon maybe uh, we'll see what I have time for uh, I'm also I'm not sure this is not me promising that I'm going to do this I've just kind of felt like making videos again not video game content just videos in general so I might just try experimenting with some stuff and we'll see what happens uh, experimenting with stuff as in different styles of filming nothing uh nothing these weirdos think i'm gonna i'm talking about but we'll see what happens uh we'll see if i have time how it works out but that's i don't know i've just had a passion for creating stuff again lately i've been starting to get back into my writing more and just doing more film related stuff at work has uh really piqued my interest as to what i can create here so we'll see if that comes out it comes out if not don't act surprised. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. It's been episode 212 of the Dead Just Productions podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.